Good Sunday morning. I'm Jaden Jefferson and welcome to this week's Community Focus. You've probably already seen all the advertisements and, and heard all the talk about it, but the August special election is coming up. And joining me right now is our local expert, Lavira Scott, director of the Lucas County Board of Elections. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So let's go ahead and talk about what's happening in August because I know plenty of people still don't know. So let's go ahead and inform them. The August 8th election will be a statewide election. There is one issue on the ballot. That issue is numbered issue one, of course, and it is for a constitutional amendment. The um, whole, I want to say the nuts and bolts of it is that it is raising the number of percentage of votes needed to actually put a constitutional amendment on. And it currently is 50% plus one, and the current language is to raise that to 60% um, of the total votes that will be cast in order, you know, for an amendment to be able to be on the ballot itself. And one of the other portions of it, of course, is raising the number um, of signatures that will be needed, and then also... Um, currently, if you don't have enough signatures, you can go back to get more in the current law, and there would also be some changes in that. So it is it's basically, like I said, in reference to constitutional amendments, how they can get on the ballot, the percentage that it takes to get them on the ballot, and that is the only issue that is on there. And obviously, this August special election, it kind of is going to be bringing a bunch of people, you know, full speed ahead, really, because we're so used to voting in November, but we're doing this during the summer. So you kind of have to assemble your team. So what was the process like when it that announcement came down that you guys would have to be ready for this? Well, we had been looking at it because we knew it was a possibility, you know, starting to um, reach out to our poll workers a little bit earlier than we normally would, letting them know that there was, at that time, the possibility of an August election, sending them letters and emails. Would they be able to work that we will be confirming at a letter date in which we will, you know, give them the time to be able to sign up for their poll worker training class? We also send information to our polling locations, which is, you know, very important early on to say that there may be an election if there's any reason why we would not be able to use for your facility for that election please let us know largely because we vote in a lot of schools and not having those schools accessible would, would have been um, very challenging for this election because we're in do throughout the county there's 40 some different schools depending on what school district that they're in so being able to get them on board was huge and um, so luckily, we have not had to move any polling locations just for the August election. Um, our community partners, as I call them, have been very gracious in re- letting us still utilize their facility for the August election. And because anytime you have to move polling locations for voters, of course, it, it can be very confusing. And anything that is confusing and does not provide clarity can be you know, a deterrent to people voting. And we don't want that. And of course, providing clarity is one of the main goals of this interview. And one thing that people can do now is they can early vote. So talk a little bit about the early voting hours for people who may not want to vote on the day of the election, August 8th. Well, the early voting hours for this week, which will um, end on Friday, will be 8 to 5. Then the last week of early voting, starting on that 25th, you will be able to early vote up until 7 p.m. And then that one day, that Tuesday, is until 8 p.m., 
the rest of the week is back to that to that time. And one of the reasons that those hours were added was because um, that Monday voting was taken away. And when the Monday voting went away, we had to, of course, have our um, early vote centers open a little bit longer. Um, also, for a special election, which this is considered, there is only one weekend of early voting. And that is, of course, the weekend of the um, August 5th date. So I don't want people to think that they'll get two weekends of early voting because that won't happen again until the November ballot. So currently there was only one weekend of early voting, and that is the weekend directly before Election Day. Um, those hours for early voting are always the same. Of current, they're still 8 to 2 on Saturday and 1 to 5 on that Sunday. We do have all of our hours posted on our website. And I always tell people, if you have questions, if you're unsure, go to our website. And to get, you know, there can look up the early vote schedule. We also have a copy of the actual ballot language that people can pre-look at before they either come vote early or go to the polling place on Election Day. They can also, of course, check their registration to make sure that their information is updated. And if they, if they have moved and they need to do provisional voting, there's also ways to look up what your new polling location will be. But, of course, if they have doubt, they can always call our office. If you're not computer savvy or you're not comfortable, they can always call our office um, at 419-213-4001. And we'll be glad to assist them with, you know, any of the things that we can find on our website. We can also give them the information over the phone. And there is some late-breaking information today, the day we're taping this, and it's that in November people will be going back to the polls and then they're going to be voting on abortion. So... I know we kind of want to just look at August 8th for right now, but we, of course, have November coming up. So anything changing with that information? Not really for us. Um, there were several, and I think part of it is that a lot of people think that the August election, that's what they're voting for or against, and they're not. As you just stated, that the whole reproductive issue in question is for the November ballot. So that's one point of clarity that I think people need to understand. Um, this, um, in reference to the constitutional amendment, there's, that's in reference to any constitutional amendments that are proposed, not just one topic. But due to the signatures and the petitions that were already circulated, the petitions that were already certified, of course, as you stated, that issue will be going on to the November ballot. We already anticipate that the November general elections are generally busy anyway. Um, I do not anticipate this one being um, any less busy than any of the others. Of course, anytime that there's issues that really push people, you know, ignite them, whether they're passionate for it or against it, you're going to have people come out to vote. Um, we were kind of already anticipating, you know, because we knew that there was going to be STEM state issues, you know, whether it was going to be the um, the um, marijuana or the, you know, the laws affecting, you know, uh, recreational marijuana. We know that those petitions were out, so there was always a chance of that being on the ballot, as well as the reproductive issues. So we anticipated that there was going to be some topics on there that are definitely going to make people want to come out and cast their ballot. For sure. And obviously, election security is a conversation we're still having, which is healthy to have those conversations. But what's not healthy is when we get into speculation, which, of course, can cause its own issues. And you mentioned before the interview how that's affected a lot of people who, you know, were very passionate about working in elections. Mm -hmm. And they're just, you know, they're not feeling that because of how the community, some people have responded. And mm -hmm. one interesting thing I want to point out is that you were telling me, even as the director of the Lucas County Board of Elections, you yourself cannot access ballots by yourself. So kind of talk about some of those precautions that people maybe aren't aware of. 
am in Ohio, we are a bipartisan machine in reference to elections. So pretty much any duty that's done in elections, you're going to have a Democrat and you're going to have a Republican that do those same duties. And they often have to do them together. Anytime that it pertains to the um, counting of ballots, even the opening of the ballots, or the mailing of the ballots. And um, in our office, our staff is well aware, every time you come in, even as seasonals, that's part of their training. And rest to them understanding that anytime you're dealing with live ballots or live memory cards or anything of that nature, it's always handled by a bipartisan team. So if you go to a table, you see two people working together, they're going to be opposite parties because that is something we have done in elections since I've been here in 2004. A lot of people, I think, do not understand the layers of security that we go through to make sure that people's ballots are counted properly, that we have the, um, first of all, the secrecy of even knowing how people vote. We even have procedures to say when we open your ballots, we open it face down in reference to your name doesn't show you know, because we don't want to be able to look at how a person votes. So we have a lot of processes and procedures that, A, protect the identity of the voter in reference to how they cast their ballot, and ensuring that there's bipartisan representation there when your ballot is open, when your ballot is sent to you, and when your ballot is counted. And one great opportunity for people who are watching and want to get engaged, and me myself, I'm a proponent of education, especially when we're just having so many rumors floating around, is getting a seasonal opportunity. So kind of talk a little bit about how people can get engaged in the election process and see for, their, see for themselves how it works. Every election, we have to hire a team of people. You know, our staff can only do so much. There are so many moving parts when it comes to elections, um, whether you're working at the early vote center, whether you're working in the absentee by mail department, having to send out ballots um, uh, retrieve the ballots, count the ballots as they come in. We also have people that work at our warehouse that um, help do the logic and accuracy testing of the machines, logic and accuracy testing of the electronic poll books, loading the actual grips and supplies that go out to the polling locations on election day. So my staff of normally 27 people definitely grows just between those areas to anywhere between 60 and 80 people. We have to have people to make it work. So I always say if you're really, really curious about how things work, first of all, become a poll worker or a PEO, and you get to see also the layers that we ask them to do in reference to security on Election Day. And then also as seasonal workers, you get to see how all the moving parts fit together. And I think, and I, well, I can't say I think, I know, and I've been told from people that work for us and even me when I first came to work here, you know, almost 20 years ago, not understanding all, all of the processes and procedures that are there to make sure that our votes are, sac are sacred in reference to the fact that when they're not tampered with, that we make sure that your vote is counted and, and counted properly. All those things are important. And like I said, this isn't new stuff. Like, I've been here since 2004. We have made some changes to some of the processes, and our changes are always, of course, based on changes to the law. You know, and um, but the whole the fact of accountability has always been something that's present. I definitely think it's important to note, especially for younger people watching as well. This is another great opportunity to become a poll worker, especially when, you know, we have older poll workers who maybe aren't still able to go out and do the work. So definitely important to pass that torch. Are there any important other reminders that you may have for people that may be voting? No, I guess making sure that people understand that the changes that occur this year um, are in effect for this election in reference to the 
um, ID on election day, that you must have that picture ID, driver's license, state ID, passport, U.S. military ID, and or an interim um, driver's license. You can also receive a free ID from the um, Bureau of Motor Vehicles, but it is for voting purposes only. It does not replace your driver's license. So that is available to you as well, but you must have that. And I think when I say what you must have, it's just as important to say what you can no longer use, which were your utility bills that you used to be able to use government checks, other forms of government ID, those things are no longer acceptable in Ohio to be used as identification on election day. Also, those same terms apply now to early voting. You have to have those same forms of ID that are acceptable on election day to early vote. Previously at early voting, you could fill out a form, you write your information on there, and as long as it was exactly what we had in the computer, you're okay. Now you still must have the picture ID to do your early vote as well. So those changes, I think, are huge, and I want people to understand it so they can arm themselves, you know, before they go to vote on Election Day. And definitely important to note that most of the things we talked about in this interview, they're also posted on the Lucas County Board of Elections website. So definitely check that out. Lavira Scott, director of the Lucas County Board of Elections, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. And that's this week's Community Focus. Have a great week and vote. Vote.